isn't it? Loyalties of people. People's loyalties can change like that, can't they? They're your friend one day and now they're not. What? What? Where does that come from? Changing, shifting, and in a world that is constantly moving on us, people that are constantly moving on us, what gives us hope is that there is something that is never going to change. You can bank on it every time. You know that he's always there. God gives us hope because we have that. Now, this is important because life has its ups and downs, right? Sometimes we're on the slide, sometimes we're in the ladder. But God is always just there, constant. So this is important because life has its ups and downs. But it's also important because we also know life is not fair. <laughs> right? We've heard that. We don't like to hear it, by the way. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm like, ah, I hate hearing that. Life is not fair. Just this week, God, I love how God gives illustrations to me. It's great. It's just, actually, it's hard sometimes. But, um, but this week, one of my children was invited over to play at somebody's house. My other child was not. And there was actually a, somebody of similar age over there, you know, it would have worked out, but one child was invited, one child was not. And so our conundrum, our problem was, do we allow the first child to go play and say, I'm sorry, you can't, you weren't invited. That would be rude for us to just send you along. Or do we say, sorry, you can't go play because your sibling would be upset because they'll be here by, by themselves and so you need to stay. Either way, it's unfair. Either way, we're making the day worse for somebody and better for somebody else. Am I right? It's not fair. For somebody, it's not fair. There's no win. And in a world where that always happens, how many of you have those stories, right? Life is unfair. And how many of you have said that to your children? I'm sorry, dear. Uh, life's not fair. <laughs> right? It's also kind of the catch-all phrase, you know. Life's not fair, by the way. You know? So go play. Right? Or go just deal with it. You know? Life's not fair. And in the midst of that, God is always in the same spot. Constant, faithful, never changes. I don't know about you, but it's very rare to find that. In fact, impossible to find that apart from God. And God is that consistent one. So he gives us hope. But the second reason, there's two reasons. It gives us hope. His faithfulness is good because it gives us hope. But the second reason is God's faithfulness guides our influence. God's faithfulness guides our influence. This works in two ways. God's faithfulness should guide how we are influenced. And God's faithfulness should guide how we are influenced, but also should guide how we influence others. Right? So not only how our life is influenced but how we influence others. God's faithfulness is the perfect example to you and I on how we are supposed to try to live our life. Now, we're not God, right? So we're not going to do it perfectly. Uh, neither am I. No way. Right? You get to know me, you're going to find that's true. Okay? I try to be as faithful and consistent as I can. I do. But it doesn't always work, does it? And you have those days, you're like, wow, I was, you know, you know, you have those days. Yeah. Consistency is hard, but God is that ultimate example. 
for us. The ultimate goal to shoot for in our life. It's not that God is asking us to be perfect in our consistency, in our faithfulness, but He is asking us to shoot for it so that we will be as close as we can because God knows what an unbelievable life that is. Consistency, faithfulness. So not only is this uh, an example that we should live from God, but we also know that this is kind of a principle for life, isn't it? Isn't this true that people really long for this? How many of you would say, I hope I hire somebody that is just wishy-washy all over the board? Don't know if they're going to show up. Don't know if they're going to be there. Not sure if they're going to do a good job. I would love an inconsistent person. That would be awesome. If we can find somebody that says that on their resume, let's get that person now, you know? Silly, right? We don't do that. What do you think? Think about the people that are the most consistent, the most faithful in your life. Those are the ones you can trust with things, right? You know you can because they're consistent and they're faithful. Think about that person that that you could call right now and you know they're going to be there. And God, that's a glimpse, and I mean a tiny glimpse, of what God is for us. He says in his word time and again, I am there for you, no matter what. My love never fails. My power never diminishes, ever, nor will it ever. I will always be there for you, consistent and faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13 says this, and this is a, a huge promise as well. It says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. You know how cool that is? You know, most of us have been taught that God can do anything. The Bible just said he can't do something. And you know what that is? He can't change who he is. Why? Because he doesn't need to, nor should he. He is perfect. He is consistent and faithful to the nth degree, to the the most perfect that we can even, even fathom. God cannot change himself. He cannot make himself sort of evil. Or maybe God desires to have a bad day. No, he doesn't. And nor could he. Because he can't. God is perfect. He remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. He cannot deny who he is. So even if we want to change God, guess what? (laughs) We can't. God can't change himself. He is consistent and faithful. Uh, Tanya mentioned earlier during the, uh, in the announcements and info that we live and we operate as a church according to something that we call the 167. Right? This describes that in every detail that we could. We believe that God wants us to spend an hour on a weekend worshiping, and that's in the American culture, by the way. Other cultures, they do it far longer. But for us, in our context, an hour. And we worship together every week, one hour a week, corporately, publicly. We should be worshiping God all through the week, but this is one hour that we set aside to do that. One hour on a weekend. Yet we are left then with 167 other hours in our week. Every single week. And what we always say is what we do with that 167 other hours is what gives true purpose in our lives. That is where your faithfulness is. Here's the deal. A lot of people 
their relationship with God is from about 10 o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock in the morning. If you go to Northridge. If you go somewhere else, it might be 8.30 to 9.30. It might be 10.30 to 11.30. It might be 10.30 to like noon if somebody's a little more long-winded. I can't imagine somebody would do that though and talk long. (laughs) What you do with 167 other hours is huge in how faithful and consistent you are. See, I don't want to have people think about God for an hour on a weekend. I want people to think about God all week long. I don't want us to treat people with a little more kindness and a little more love for an hour or two on a Sunday morning or during a Northridge community serving event, like a food drive or something like that. That's great. I don't want you to just do that. I want you to do that all the time. Especially when you're not ready for it. We need to be consistent and faithful like God is. There is a, uh, I think there's a perception, and this was something that I wasn't going to share today, but uh, I was at the park with Jackson and Hannah and and Tanner, uh, and Laura was meeting us a little later, and uh, we were actually just right out about uh, 60 feet that way, out by the creek. And we were hanging out there, and the kids were playing in the water and all this kind of stuff. And Hannah found this stick that she was really excited about. And she said, Dad, here's this stick, but I want to go down back in the water again. Will you, uh, I'm going to put it down by the stroller. Will you watch it? And I said, I don't need to, you know, yeah, sure. I won't let it go anywhere, you know. You know. Anyway, there's all kinds of thoughts that go on in my head, that some funnies, you know, like stand-up comedian type stuff, you know. And, and uh, anyway, so... Uh, like, I don't have to watch it, but you can lay it right there and it'll stay there. It'll be fine. Well, the kids started working their way down the creek and they started playing a little further down. So I moved the stroller about 15 feet, you know, down a little further and didn't think about the stick. And, and she came out, she got out and she came up and, you know, and then I could tell she was kind of looking around. Then she finally found the stick and she said, Dad, Dad, why'd you move the stick? You know, did somebody move it? And I said, no, actually the stick stayed there. I moved the stroller. <laughs> It just looks like the stick moved because I moved the stroller. But I was thinking about that. And I think that's how we treat God. I think that when we go through a slide version of life, season of life, we say, God, what are you doing? What are you hitting me with right now? Why are you messing things up? Help me out here. Where'd you go? And I think we've got it wrong. I think that we don't realize that we're the ones that moved. Am I right? We look at it and we see God maybe ran away. Or went somewhere. Or is just kind of being mean to us this week. And God says, no, I'm here. I have always been this way. I am consistent and I love you and I will always love you. You're the one that moved, but... You know, sometimes we don't see that. And not only is this important for us, but it's important for those around us. There's a great theologian called Dr. Seuss. Okay, he wasn't a theologian. He wrote kids books. But I'm going to read a book from Dr. Seuss today. And uh, it's, it's a book called Horton Hatches the Egg. All right. 
And I want to read this because this book describes really well about how life has its ups and downs. But regardless, we are to be called faithful and consistent 100%. Let me read this story and you guys see if you agree that this describes who God is and how we, all of us in here, are called to be. Side Maisie, a lazy bird hatching an egg. I'm tired and I'm bored and I've kinks in my leg from sitting, just sitting here day after day. It's work, how I hate it. I'd much rather play. I'd take a vacation, fly off for a rest if I could find someone to stay on my nest. If I could find someone, I'd fly away free. Then Horton, the elephant, passed by her tree. Hello, called the lazy bird, smiling her best. You've nothing to do and I do need a rest. Would you like to sit on the egg in my nest? The elephant laughed. Why, of all silly things, I haven't feathers and I haven't wings. Me on your egg? Why, that doesn't make sense. Your egg is so small, ma'am, and I'm so immense. Tut, tut, answered Maisie. I know you're not small, but I'm sure you can do it. No trouble at all. Just sit on it softly. Be gentle and kind. Come, be a good fellow. I know you won't mind. I can't, said the elephant. Please, begged the bird. I won't be long, long, sir. I give you my word. I'll hurry right back. Why, I'll never be missed. Very well, said the elephant, since you insist. You want a vacation? Go fly off and take it. I'll sit on your egg and try not to break it. I'll stay and be faithful. I mean what I say. Toodle-a-doo, sang out Maisie and fluttered away. Then carefully, tenderly, gently he crept up the trunk to the nest where the little legs slept. Then Horton the elephant smiled. Now that's that. And he sat and he sat and he sat and he sat. And he sat all that day and he kept the egg warm and he sat all that night through a terrible storm. It poured and it lightninged, it thundered, it rumbled. This isn't much fun, the poor elephant grumbled. I wish he'd come back because I'm cold and I'm wet. I hope that that Maisie bird doesn't forget. But Maisie by this time was far beyond reach, enjoying the sunshine way off in Palm Beach. And having such fun, such a wonderful rest, decided she'd never go back to her nest. So Horton kept sitting there day after day, and soon it was autumn, the leaves blew away. And then came the winter, the snow and the sleet, and icicles hung from his trunks and his feet. But Horton kept sitting and said with a sneeze, I'll stay on this egg and I won't let it freeze. I I meant what I said and I said what I meant. An elephant's faithful 100%. So Horton sat there the whole winter through and and then came the springtime with troubles anew. His friends gathered round and they shouted with glee. Look, Horton, the elephant's up in a tree. They taunted, they teased him, they yelled. How absurd. Old Horton, the elephant, thinks he's a bird. They laughed and they laughed and they all ran away. And Horton was lonely. He wanted to play. But he sat on the egg and continued to say, I meant what I said and I said what I meant. An elephant's faithful 100%. No matter what happens, this egg must be tended. But poor Horton's troubles were far, far from ended. For while Horton sat there so faithful, so kind, three hunters came sneaking up softly behind. Did he run? He did not. Horton stayed on that nest. He held his head high and he threw out his chest. And he looked at the hunters as much as to say, Shoot if you must, but I won't run away. I meant what I said, and I said what I meant, and elephants faithful 100%. But the men didn't shoot, much to Horton's surprise. They dropped their three guns, and they stared with wide eyes. Look, they all shouted, can such a thing be, an elephant sitting on top of a tree? 
It's strange. It's amazing. It's wonderful. New. Don't shoot him. We'll catch him. That's just what we'll do. Let's take him alive. Why, he's terribly funny. We'll sell him back home to a circus for money. And the first thing he knew, they had built a big wagon with ropes on the front for the pullers to drag on. They dug up his tree and put it inside with Horton so sad that he practically cried. We're off, the men shouted, and off they all went with Horton unhappy. 100%. Up out of the jungle, up into the sky, up over the mountains, 10,000 feet high. Then down, down the mountains and down to the sea when the cart with the elephant, egg, nest, and tree. And then sold to a circus. Then week after week, they showed him to people at 10 cents a peak. They took him to Boston, to Kalamazoo, Chicago, Weequawken, and Washington, too. To Dayton, Ohio, St. Paul, Minnesota, to Wichita, Kansas, to Drake, North Dakota. And everywhere, thousands of people flocked to see and laugh at the elephant up in a tree. Poor Horton grew sadder the farther he went. But he said as he sat in the hot, noisy tent, I meant what I said, and I said what I meant. An elephant's faithful, 100%. Then, one day... The circus show happened to reach a town way down south, not so far from Palm Beach. And dawdling a long way up high in the sky, who of all people should chance to fly by but that old good-for-nothing bird runaway Maisie, still on vacation and still just as lazy. And spying the flags in the tents just below, she sang out, What fun, why I'll go to the show. And she swooped from the clouds through an open tent door. Good gracious, gasped Maisie, I've seen you before. Poor Horton looked up with his face white as chalk. He started to speak, but before he could talk, there rang out the noisiest ear-splitting squeaks from the egg that he'd sat on for 51 weeks. A thumping, a bumping, a wild, alive scratching. My egg, shouted Horton. My egg, why, it's hatching. But it's mine, screamed the bird when she heard the egg crack. The work was all done. Now she wanted it back. It's my egg, she sputtered. You stole it from me. Get off of my nest and get out of my tree. Poor Horton backed down with a sad, heavy heart. But at that very instant, the egg burst apart. And out of the pieces of red and white shell, from the egg that he'd sat on so well, Horton the elephant saw something whiz. It had ears and it had tail and a trunk just like his. And the people came shouting, what's all this about? They looked and they stared with their eyes popping out. Then they cheered and they cheered and they cheered more and more. They'd never seen anything like it before. My goodness, my gracious, they shouted. My word, it's something brand new. It's an elephant bird. And it should be, it should be, it should be like that. Because Horton was faithful. He sat and he sat. He meant what he said and he said what he meant. And they sent him home happy 100 Here's the deal. I think we're a lot like Horton in that we go through things like that, don't we? We have people that make fun of us. We have people that laugh at us. We have people that think we're silly for believing in God. We have people that will make fun of us for it. We have, we have storms that we go through. We get bad news, right? We go through seasons of life where we just don't feel adequate. We don't feel like we measure up to anything. Just like Horton. And we get down, don't we? And yet I believe what God is saying to us is, even in the midst of all of that, I am here for you. 100%. 
And I want you to be faithful. Be faithful to me. Follow me. And we will go together. And we will be as consistent and faithful as you can possibly be. I was sitting in a high school coaches meeting just this last week. And as I was sitting there, I was trying to pay attention. Um, and, uh, and I looked at the back of a, one of the coaches. And on his shirt, it had this phrase, all in, all day, every day. And I think if there's anything that describes who God is and anything that describes what we should be for God is that phrase. God asks us to be all in, all day, every day. Faithful, consistent, 100%. The question for all of us here to wrestle with this morning is what do you need to do starting this week? Not messing around. Not saying someday I'll get there. What do you need to start doing this week? A change you need to make. A thought you need to to shift. uh, A way that you do something. How you operate in life. Whatever it is. What do you need to do this week to start to become more faithful and consistent with God? What is that going to look like? What is that going to be for you? All of us, it's going to be different. God's going to ask different things of all of us. But I guarantee you, God is consistent and faithful. He will never change. So what do we need to do to make sure we are faithful and consistent for him? The band's going to come up and let's pray. God, thank you for never changing. Thank you for being as consistent and as faithful as you can ever be. God, I just simply pray that you would help all of us to be all in, all day, every day. Just like you are for us. God, help us to be consistent. Help us to be faithful. Just as you have shown us to be. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand.